You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. Today's message is entitled, Let Us Walk by the Spirit, by Joe Kime. This is part one of three. Well, wow. I was sitting there worshiping with all of you, and I thought, Lord, if you'd give me one wish, if I could wish whatever I wanted, I would have to say revival. For years, I have wanted revival. You ever get that place where you just, Lord, we just want revival. We're, we're dry. We're, our country's, we don't know where it's going. We just need to hear from God. We just want revival. And then I thought, but Lord, if you'd give me two wishes. <laughs> My second wish would be that for sure, without a doubt, all of us would go out those doors knowing Jesus. That none of us would be sitting here a churchgoer only, but a church-going real born-again Christian. And, you know, obviously, uh, I am very just humbled that so many of the former Amish come out. It does something to me. They're the people that God has called us to. And when I see that, it just, man, it just fills me up. It fills my cup up. You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, I, well, let me just go back, you know, when God called us into the ministry. I, I remember I was a tool and die maker, and I loved what I was doing. I worked really hard to get up to the top. Didn't have an education, really, passed an eighth grade and a GED, but I, I you know, I learned quickly, and I watched the other guys, and, and I worked my way up, and I was doing real well. In 1999, God got a hold of my heart and, and uh, wanted me to do this ministry. And I remember going into the uh, bathroom and just sitting there and thinking, I'm not the right guy. I'm just not it. I, I mean... You know, I thought about my pastor, who was very educated. He 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 went to college. He 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 would have been much better um, as far as doing Bible studies and things like that. But but he didn't have the burden. He didn't have the heart that I did. And and as this continued to grow, I I eventually said, I have no idea what it's supposed to look like, but I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do, Lord. And as I get older. That becomes even more a part of me. I, I just, I realize that, that this sounds kind of crazy, but I'm on my way out. My family's raised, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm starting to um, get excited about the grandkids. But I know that they're now being raised by our children, and they're well qualified to do that, and and as I'm thinking about all these things, I'm thinking about eternity all the time. 
And these things on earth mean less and less all the time. They just, I don't have, I don't care about a house anymore because I got a house. I don't care about vehicles anymore because I got nice vehicles. I got, I got everything I need. And I realize that none of those things are going to be taken with me when I go. And that it's all about God. It really is all about God. It's not about me. And, and, and as I think about these things, I, I, I look at the young generation and I think, don't grab on to those material things too hard. God could snatch you away at any moment. God could take you into eternity. And, and you know, maybe you think you have your entire life. Maybe you think 30 years is a long time, but 30 years is not a long time anymore. 50 years old is not old anymore. I have no idea how I got here. Lord, I don't know. I thought 50-year-old men were old men. I stood next to these young guys over here, the bilers. I was like, you know what? I turned 18 and I never got older, at least not here. Because I love young kids, young youth, young men and women. And I just want to cheer them on. I just want to come alongside of them. I just want to say, don't quit. Others do, but you don't have to. Just keep on going. That's in me. It's ingrained in me. I go to bed and I'm thinking about these things. I wake up in the morning and I can't forget about them. I'm 50 years old. I realize what really matters. And I'm glad I'm here today. I want to talk to you about something that I feel God gave me. Uh, if we can, ha- yeah. A while back, let me, let me just uh, go through this real quick. I was usually in church on Sunday mornings, but on this particular Sunday, Esther and I were driving to Columbus, Ohio. It was on a Sunday morning. And uh, as we're driving, I'm thinking, wow, this is usually a time when I'm not out here and I'm not seeing what I'm seeing. I'm seeing cars and I'm seeing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cars in an hour stretch. In this one little stretch right here, I counted 33 cars. You know what question came to my mind? What are these people doing out here? You know, as we're sitting here, all cozy, like one guy told me, it's like, come all into the barn, it's a safe place. But while we're enjoying our safe little place this morning, that's going on on our highways out there. There's tens of thousands and tens of thousands of cars on the highway rolling down the road. What are they thinking? They're not in churches. And it bothered me. And then I began to do a little bit of research. Number one, is it because they've chosen not to attend And we simply can't do anything about it. Our hands are tied. We all have a free will. They know there are church buildings they could attend if they wanted to. Or church, is it because the church of God has lost its salt? I looked into my heart. I said, is it my fault? Is it because I'm not not doing my job? If they stopped and they visited us this morning, how would their time with us compare to that of being at the local country club? If they walked in, 
would there be a sense of something that they don't get at the club down the road? I mean, beyond friendliness, we know they go to the club because somebody's there to welcome them, to make them feel included, accepted. We can do those things, but is there something beyond that that we have to offer here that the club doesn't offer? As of 2008, over 3,500 people leave the church every day. And I hear this all the time. You don't have to go to church to be a Christian. You know what I think? If you're a Christian, you will go to church. You can say it any way you want. But as a child of God, I'm going to be with you guys. You're going to be with me. We're going to be together for all eternity. If we can't be together and fellowship and break bread and enjoy and encourage each other here, what's it going to be like when we get to heaven? So I need you. And let me just say this. The church has never had it together since the book of Acts. They never will be because we're made up of imperfect people. Approximately 80% of all churches in North America have reached a plateau or are declining. The vast majority of the church's growth comes from switchers. That means people that jump from this church to this church to this church, and it's not real growth. Researchers suggest somewhere between 1% and 3% conversion growth. 1% and 3%. More than 1,700, some other places I've read, 1,500 pastors leave the ministry every month. In my travels across the country, I talk to pastors. I will tell you some of my favorite people on the earth are pastors. Uh, You know why? Because they are called of God. Last Sunday in our Bible study class, we looked at the calling of pastors and the importance of their positions and how they are uh, they're not like the local banker. They don't, they're not put in position because somebody needed to fill it similar to the grocery store or any other secular place like that. They are different. They have been touched by God. I need you over here. Why are 15 or 1,700 pastors leaving the ministry every month? 2001, the total cost of Christian outreach worldwide worldwide averaged $330,000 for each newly baptized person. I remember when I read that, I thought, you know what? Scratch the 330. What if, what if it cost 115000 for every baptized member? What if it cost 75000 How much money... Do I give before it actually adds up to a person having had come to Christ and is now following the Lord in baptism? How much money does it take? I don't like that figure. Do you? It embarrasses me. It does. It embarrasses me. And I wonder, what? What? Every year, approximately 7,000 churches close their doors for the last time. But the good thing is 4,000 churches open their doors. So as I'm thinking about all these things, a little phrase came to me one day. It was out of Romans chapter 8. Will you turn there? Go to Romans chapter 8. 
Let's look at verse number one. Romans 8, 1. God used this little scripture to really help me put this message together. We know this scripture, but it says in verse number one, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And here's the little phrase, church, that just burns in my soul. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And I began to question the Lord and myself. And I said, God, help me understand what it looks like when I'm walking in the flesh and when I'm walking in the spirit. What comes out? How do I handle myself when I'm in the spirit? And how is it different than in the flesh? And it bothered me. And it bothered me so much that I kept, literally, I, um, I talked to my wife. We prayed about it and we discussed it for months. I couldn't get over it. I want to walk in the spirit. Lord, how do I do it? Help me. Because you know what, church? If we don't walk in the spirit, those statistics are going to continue to look that way. You know what? We can do church without the spirit of God. There are churches all over this world this morning. They're doing church without God. You can do that. You can manufacture much of the same things that the Holy Spirit can, manu- or can, can do. But they're not the same. At some point, it's going to show. But when we're walking in the spirit, then we, we're actually stepping back and letting God work through us. And that's the thing that I want to talk to you about. You see, we live in a day when we have more colleges and universities and commentaries and dictionaries and Bible studies and Bible software, and the list goes on and on and on and on. We have libraries that are loaded. We have internet that is loaded with information. We have all this at our fingertips. And the statistics look worse than they've ever looked. What is wrong? We have all this. Should we not be able to do more? And I think the thing that we don't have, the one thing that we desperately need, is the power of God. I think it's the part that we're missing, church. We can point over fingers at those people on the highway this morning and say, you know better than that. But I, I, I look at the Old Testament and I look what happened with the children of Israel. When God's people walked when, when they walked with God, God blessed them, and the nations were blessed. When they did not walk with God, God removed the blessing. Today, we've not replaced the children of Israel, but we are God's people. When we live for God, when we do what is right, he will favor us, and the nations will be blessed. It is our fault. Washington, D.C. will never straighten up. They will never straighten up. They're unbelievers. They do what unbelievers do. It's not their fault until their eyes open up and they see the truth. 
Only then will they open up and be who God wants us all to be. But it's our fault, church. It is our fault. Lord Jesus, forgive us. You know. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.